What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Swanky Disc Golf Show. I am your host, Luke. Of course, we are super excited to be here. I have with me the usuals, Reed, Josiah, and also very special guest, Robbie C. Hello. Welcome, welcome. How are you guys doing? Robbie, how was the weekend? Hey, weekend down here, super excellent. I actually was in Asheville, North Carolina for the weekend and got mm-hmm. to play. I was at this oh, like super posh country club, like kind of cabin area. And they had their own disc golf course on the property that's not even listed on UDisc. And so Ooh. I got to like what? go play it and take a bunch of people out to play for the first time. So got to show that like excitement to disc golf once again. And it was a super fun little like pitch and putt through North Carolina mountains. That's that a, is sick. That's a great area of North Carolina. Asheville is awesome. Yeah, so it was uh, super, awesome. super fun. But how was y'all's weekend? Josie did something. <laughs> Josie did something fun. I did. I did do something fun. I uh, So I drove to Minnesota um, from Colorado to go to a wedding. And so I spent two days driving and two days there. So I think I spent more time in the car um, than I actually did there. But it was awesome. Um I was super close to the preserve and I was a little bummed I didn't get a chance to go up there. But our drive home took us through uh, Des Moines and the Pickard Park, which is the pro tour course for the Des Moines Challenge, was there. So I got to stop and play that course, um, which essentially just meant that I had to get home at 3 a.m. if I wanted to do that. So I was totally willing to do it. Okay. Did you get like so uh, many aces? Yeah, actually, all of them, eighteen of them, to be exact. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. No, but it was it was actually super cool because I've you know watched a lot of these pro tour courses and I don't get to play them. And some of the things that you see on camera are not the same uh, when you get there. Like, first of all, those courses, those holes are a lot farther than you think they are, and how far they look, um, which should be expected based on the distance. Um, but another thing that was unexpected that I didn't consider is that course, at least, has a lot of holes that are a lot more down, downhill than they look on camera, hmm. um, which was something hmm. I hadn't expected. Like, I think it's hole four is the water carry. Yeah, hole four is that huge water carry that's like 500 feet. That's like you drop like 50 feet in elevation. Like, it's a huge drop at least 50 feet um which i mean it's not like i could make that anyway my cd1 in the middle of the lake can attest to that but Oof. it's still like it it, Dang, it is the a cd1 lo- rest in peace yeah i know i'm pretty sad and then i Wasn't lost that like this a special stamp cd1 or yep <laughs> I think? Yeah. it was the crush boys he won wow. it on this yeah pod. it was the crush he boys one that i won show. on this pod yeah okay gosh so, darn it don't give him <laughs> It was the Simon. It was the Crush Boys. Yeah, it's it's the literally Crush Boys like yes, a collector item because Simon Lasat's not yeah. there anymore. Well, it was collected good, by the what lake. The, heck? the lake collected it right <laughs> yeah. in the middle. It was collected, uh, and I also Sheesh. lost my uh, 2022 Kristen Tatar uh, World's Commemorative Grace. <laughs> that course too Man, so, I lost, yeah. so there were casualties yes there there were some too. and and i looked for the, so the grace i lost in the woods and i looked for like 
almost 45 minutes and it was super annoying because i threw it directly into like woods like oh. and so i was just like annoyed but but like some of those holes you just take for granted like uh i think it's also a hole seven uh which is the uphill island hole um that i remember watching and i re- i remember watching brody throw what seemed like the easiest forehand to get up and into the island like it didn't look like you put a lot of effort and i threw i can't throw forehands you know over 320 feet in general let alone uphill and i threw a backhand and i thought it was good like it came out good it turned over it had the right line and then it landed about 150 feet short of the basket i was like wait (laughs) what (laughs) like i thought i was gonna be at least close and I, i wasn't even close um and then there's just a couple other holes that on camera look relatively flat and then you get there and it's like no this is just like downhill like the whole way um and so that was just really interesting a great thing about that course it was free like it wasn't a private course it was super well maintained um and so you could just walk up and play um and so it was busy but it wasn't shout out to des moines yeah um and then they had the pro level layouts there but they also had some more amateur and beginner um layouts as well um so that basically played to the same baskets but just different t signs and different t pads so a lot of options for beginners all the way to advanced free park um and it's kind of cool to play a course that you've seen a lot but not always get the chance to play a course like that so it was fun that's sick that's sick huge shout out to uh yeah the whole i like i didn't know iowa was real i always thought it was a myth so <laughs> that's pretty cool a mythical land of <laughs> yeah it's, yeah i've heard it's, that it's, conspiracy it's, like it's just a yeah it's true i got to play disc golf this weekend too me and luke suffered through like this super uh, hot miserable. seven hole was out there <laughs> <laughs> it was like 95 degrees felt like 130 <laughs> just like we filmed seven we filmed for seven holes we just filmed shorts out there and oh my goodness i mean we were we were more than ready to be done after after 30 minutes it's just so hot in georgia and josiah don't say anything about what temperature it is right <coughs> now okay i don't even want to know <laughs> but we're suffering down here and that's all that you need to know yeah it's, it's bad. like i I've had a really hard time in this weather because when I see people out on the course, I'm usually like super excited to talk with them and connect with them and like, oh man, (laughs) let's chat. But then like every time we do that, we are almost always standing in a parking lot where the sun is extra hot. And I'm like, (laughs) yeah, let me just go ahead and die real fast before I have to turn the camera (laughs) on. And yeah, so I feel that, that death by the sun. Yeah, I, I, it was I, I brutal. Don't know we did not even about. film a full length video, and it was it was rough. Well, it sounds like some good weekends. There was also <laughs> yeah. some crazy stuff happening at Idlewild. Hey, um, I got. I will also tell a f- brief fun story. I played doubles today, and some <laughs> this this guy, his name is Kyle. I just hear him behind me. He's a friend of mine, but he was at doubles, and he's like, dude. I traded somebody for this freaking awesome disc that they said they just found and it didn't have a name on it. And he was, I turn around and it's my disc. (laughs) (laughs) He's like trying, he's showing somebody else. It's my Enigma that is dyed with an Arcanine. Shout out to Dakota. 
from Overthrow Disc Golf <laughs> no for dying way. up for me. <laughs> yeah. I was like, not Arcanine. Dude, that's my disc. <laughs> and he was like, oh, dude. He was super nice about it, but he traded somebody one of his personal discs for it. So I was like, I have like a bin of discs in my car that's left over from videos, and I let him take a disc from that bin. But I was like, that's. Wow, that's my disc, and it has some random guy's name on it now. <laughs> the guy he traded for it back. put his name on it and then traded it to him, and now, yeah, what in the world? Dang. <laughs> I feel like that is the that is the one rule. When you keep a found disc, you definitely don't put your yeah. ink on it. Like You can keep it if it doesn't have your name on it, or even if you called the number and you got no response, but you leave the old ink on and you do not re-ink that disc. You know what I'm <laughs> no. saying? That's, that's like the unspoken rule of a found disc. <laughs> it's my own fault. I don't have my name or number on my disc. I pretty much never do. I don't At either. this point, like, it's probably just paranoia. I don't feel comfortable putting my name and number on a disc. Not a big deal. I'm not famous by any stretch of the imagination. But there are some Berg fans out there that scare me, so... <laughs> We're gonna keep the name and number off the disc. I, I feel that for a while. I, I write. I I put. I write Robbie C disc golf on them, like at Robbie C disc golf. And if like, oh nice. If someone wants nice. to reach out that way, fantastic. But yeah, my there is not a single a do. single disc out there that is worth the price of some people who live in the comments getting my phone number. <laughs> That's true, no, dude. It's a real thing. It's genuinely. Yeah, it's a little sketchy. I had somebody deliver me mail today, and we had some Prodigy discs come in. He's like, do you disc golf? And I was like, yeah, and I thought about telling him about the channel, and I was like, I'm not going to tell this guy about the channel. (laughs) He knows where I live, and he could be a Berg fan. (laughs) Luke Uh, is living scared right now. Every disc ever shows up has got a knife in it (laughs) to literally to, to match the axed one. That's all. Yeah. Okay, I digress. That was my story yep. from doubles. Shout out to Janelle Cole. We came in third place, and I profited $1 overall. Hey. So that was good. Um, Idlewild. This past weekend was absolutely insane. Super fun to watch. I don't know how much of it you guys caught. I was actually able to watch a decent amount this weekend. Top three. Honestly, our top four is a story. But top three, Gannon Burr, Calvin Heimberg, Isaac Robinson, you're top three players in tour points right now and fourth place paul Uleberry, which is insane yeah but what did you guys think about the weekend let's start with reed uh yeah like you said top four is a story top three not really a story uh they're our top three they've been our top three and they're still our top three <laughs> now that's crazy isn't yep. it um I mean, solid from Gannon. This has kind of been his story, and I know we'll probably talk about player of the year later, but um, when he is playing his best golf, he's proven that he's the best on tour, I think, when he is playing his best. Not the most consistent, but when he's at his best, I think he's unbeatable. But that's kind of the story with a lot of these guys. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, it was a great weekend. I love Idlewild. I think it's like like a very unique course on tour. They play... How many par threes are even on the course? There's one, two, four, three, four, five, five yeah. par threes. Five par threes on an 18-hole course is very unique, and it's not a long course, which makes it even more, you know, special and fun to watch. I don't think it plays super easy. I mean, 12 under, 13 under. I know there was one 14 under shot, so it is easy. It's like, but it's you know, it's fun. It's fluky. It's different. 
I like it. And nice. Gannon's uh, Gannon's final round was sick. Super fun to watch. Cool weekend. Yeah. Did you get to watch much of it, Robbie? I so I didn't get to watch a ton live, but I've gone back and watched as like a good amount of it on post produced. And Idlewild has a special nice. place in my heart because it's one of it was the first Pro Tour course, I believe, that I ever got to play in person. Nice. And so having played it, there are lots of holes where I'm like Yep, that is the same kind of vibes that you're talking about, um, Josiah, on where like, hey, this is a whole lot more elevated than I would have given it credit for. Hey, this is Mm -hmm. uh, actually a little like this is more downhill. Things like that really um, stand out to me. And I go to like hole 13, the um, like double – uh, the Y tree hole, uh, very famously. Um, yeah. yeah. S- honestly, like they've tried to make that hole have a lot more teeth than it is. And it's crazy looking at like how much momentum was gained by Gannon and that hole alone. Like he has the car chasing him down. He takes a birdie on it. Calvin and Isaac take bogeys and that two stroke swing. That's the game. Like, yep. Yeah. Even yep. with Calvin pulling the eagle on 16 to try to bring it all back, like, just didn't matter. So, um, I was a little bummed to see how cleaned up hole 18 has become because it, yeah. like, yeah. I think. Oh, yeah. All that junk on, like, the left is gone. Yeah. So, <laughs> that was a bummer. But I, you know, anytime Calvin's in the mix, I'm going to be excited to watch some disc golf. And Gannon. I, hmm. I, I find Gannon to be tough to dislike. Uh, and Yuli popping off doing his thing. I I think my hardest part with this is, does it show how easy the course is that Yuli popped off and played the way he did? Or is him being a Charlotte <laughs> golfer, like, is this a very Charlotte-esque course? And so he just kind of felt at home and this is like his best chance to strike? I don't know. That could make sense. He's been doing well on the East Coast. I think that there is something to be said for the top three guys on our tour placing top three and rising to the top, and then below them having some more unique names that we don't see, you know, throughout the tour. Paul Uleberry, uh, Nico LaCastro doing well here, Kevin Jones doing well here, Jeremy Colling had a great yeah. event. So, like, there's new names rising but our best players are still winning and that i think is important so it's not too fluky it's just got great mm. character mm. Mm. yep josiah what did you notice from the weekend a lot of the same things that you guys have said i know paul uliberry actually had a pretty decent showing at ledgestone last week ledgestone, also yep. i think he placed like 15th um but it was cool to see him do it back to back so maybe he's just figured something out and he's gotten better or maybe it is a a little bit of the charlotte-esque woods golfer that actually could play a good factor um but yeah you guys have pretty much covered all i will say something that i thought was hilarious was towards the end of the last round so we were in the car on our way home and so my wife was watching it and i could hear it and this goes back to my previous point that i've mentioned a few months ago 
that commentators might need to use a little bit more descriptive words and not pronouns and just <laughs> general statements of like, oh, that was a bad putt. And I'm like, well, who putt? I don't know. I can't see. So maybe they just need to get a little bit better <laughs> for people who maybe don't have the video. But I know it's supposed to be on video and that's kind of expected for you to be looking at it. But I tend to should write a request. I know. I, I tend to listen to it a lot more than I get to watch it just because I want to be involved and hear it. But sometimes I'm just like, wait, who was that? And I just don't know. Um, but down the stretch, it was on hole 16. And I remember this very distinctly because Gannon, uh, Calvin went for the Eagle and then Gannon threw his shot for the Eagle and immediately uh, started shaking his, his head. And my wife was like, Gannon's shaking his head. Why is he shaking his head? He's up by like, uh, I think he was up by three at that point um, or four. And I was like, well, does isn't there like three holes left? And she's like, yeah, so it doesn't make any sense why he seems like he's mad at himself. And I said, well, what's his score? And she goes, he's at 31 under. And I said, oh, he's mad because he's not going to beat Isaac's score from last year. Yeah. I said, that's, I said, <laughs> that's got to be that it. The and then and then you get to the post-round interview, and I said, I'm only listening to this post-round interview because I want to see him t hit shots at, at Isaac or mention that. And then he didn't. And I thought that was the funniest thing ever, that he was mad that he missed his putt just because he, he knew he didn't beat Isaac's from last year. That's funny. Yeah. That is super funny. On the FPO side uh, – uh, the FPO division without Kristen Tatar is just the Wild West. You never know what's going to happen. <laughs> uh, but Valerie Mandahano showing up in her previous form, looking super solid. Nine down. Own Scoggins coming in second. Three down. Uh, and then you had Holland Hanley, Missy Gannon, a lot of the usual suspects there. Big shout out to Chantel Badinsky. <laughs> Miss Frisbees. Go, Chantel. With the T9 finish. I'm just now seeing that. That's sick. Um, yeah, so that will bring us into talking about last week's prediction game <laughs> and some records that have been set wow. in, in the prediction game. Um, I don't remember. Wait, we had to tell Robbie, tell Robbie who I, you picked. We kind of, I told him. It's actually insane. <laughs> we already did, yeah. But okay. I'm sorry, I should have, should have waited for the pod, but it's yeah, pretty insane. you spoiled it. <laughs> it's <laughs> unbelievable. Given the fact that we have to take outside the top 35 in MPO dog and outside the top 15. Now, I understand Valerie. She's right back inside the top 15. After oh, this yeah. Week, she's obviously. probably. And that's where eight. she belongs. Yeah. So it's like. But she hasn't kind been of, doing kind well. Of I think she was ball. injured. Kind of ball. Yeah, it was a little bit of a. So, yeah. If you don't know, if this is your first time listening, we do a prediction game every week. We're going to do one this week. See if Robbie can get the dub. Um, Fun fact, Reed has never won do better than me. the prediction probably, game. Dude, <laughs> I'm in legitimate danger of not winning one this year. There's only like five. <laughs> yeah, that's left. the goal that's true. at this point. And, and we're not even going to be able to do a real one for Pro Tour Championship. We'll have to probably do some kind of bracket. I have like four events left. That'll be fun. Yeah. So, Robbie, you're here to help us keep Reed off the podium. He has not it. won a prediction I, I'm, game I'm yet. I'm here for it. His <laughs> we, chances have decreased <laughs> with my presence. Good. That's true. It's. <laughs> I mean, it's that's true. just fact. That's just those are the numbers. Right so there. we pick an FPO winner, uh, MPO winner, MPO underdog, FPO underdog. The underdogs have to be at a certain rank. So the MPO underdog has to be outside of the top 35 in the UDisc World standings, which yes, are jank as all get out. And the FPO side has to be outside the top 15, which just so happens that Valerie Mandahano. I don't. I think she played a couple bad tournaments. She's been injured. Whatever. She was like seventeenth or eighteenth. 
So my winner I picked was Own Scoggin. Just came in second place. Dog of the week, I picked Valerie Mandahano, and she won. My MPO winner, I picked Calvin Heimberg, who came in second place. So almost perfect. Uh, and then I, Nico LaCastro was number like 38 or something like that. And I was like, that's pretty sneaky. So picked Nico LaCastro. He finished in solo sixth place. Does somebody want to run the math on that for me? Uh, <laughs> What's the average? We take the average placement there. That's got to be like, like 11 3. divided 5. by 4. So, yeah, but technically <laughs> yeah. we're only taking top three because uh, uh, yeah. Reed's. So, technically you oh, had wait, a 1.67. That 1. makes it even better. I think <laughs> was your average. I had a okay, 1.67. So, yes, yeah. that's his average on, on the, the on like what we yeah. played. But if we're talking about all-time great Pickham's performances yeah. in, in the amount of times we've yeah. done this, I think we have to take his four-player total to like, and it's, that's the top of the leaderboard, 2. like in, in history. In yeah, two what? Two that is unbelievable. Yeah. Robbie, and that's he the was, line to I mean, beat this week. Wow. I I <laughs> don't think it's possible. Ever I, I do not anybody. think that line is touchable. <laughs> I don't think it I don't is think by that line anybody. Is touchable. Like ever, who's doing predictions? Yeah. No, you literally would no. have to pick a. You would have to pick perfectly because you would have to pick all four first and second places because yeah. that's not necessarily or, well no you, you would have had to have gone a, yeah, gannon third, third, yeah you would have had to have gone gannon and yuli to beat him wow to beat that line which i yeah, guess you is could doable, have picked yuli like, as that's the unbelievable anyways yeah, i won a crazy. supreme escape <laughs> which is the yeah the one time on the we line. have an understable <laughs> disc on the line you know <laughs> i know it's freaking awesome. Yeah, we're definitely pour- putting the felon up for this week just so Josiah can win it. <laughs> yeah. just, just what I need, more overstable discs. I literally yeah. am to I a also, point where I don't have discs that turn over anymore. <laughs> that's like, bad. I'll be up there that, soon. I, that I have, um, so. We need to get in contact with Jesse because I'm making a trip <laughs> up to Colorado soon. Hopefully going to hang out with some Discmania people. Maybe Jesse. Um, I do want to mention that hole eight is way too easy. Let's do a let's do a send it or end it. We haven't done a send it or end it in a while. Um, the par is too soft on this course. I know, like, we're not going to talk about this too long because it's a tale as old as time. I just want to know your quick thoughts. Whether you think this course specifically, the par is too soft. I'm going to start it off myself by saying send it. And the evidence I'm going to give really briefly is hole eight. I'm going to read you the scores for the top ten on the final round. We have birdie, 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 eagle, 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 birdie, eagle, birdie, birdie, eagle. Those are the top ten players on hole eight. Send it or end it. Par is too soft on this. Let's go, Josiah. Uh, I am going to end it. I don't think the par is too soft on this course. I think there are mm. a lot of easy holes. Um, I think hole eight could be changed to a par four. Uh, but other than that, I think the rest of the course um, is fairly easy relative to par. But also, you know, the field is just really deep. So I think people are just getting better and they're just making courses look bad. But nobody had a better score than Isaac last year. So. Um, but that's true. It, and it's, Isaac it's, played in the rain and mud. Yeah. So, um, but I, I think it's just a, a case of the field is getting better and it's making courses just look bad from time to time. Mm. Robbie thoughts, send it or end it. Uh, I, I'm going to stick with 
Josiah on the end it because once again, I do have a distinct advantage having played this course. And so mm. hole eight, I think is one of those that it makes it look super easy. The initial tee shot, not too insane, but that second shot into the green is the reason you're seeing so many Eagles is because it is pretty poke and hopey getting through there. So like, if you throw and you hit the line you're supposed to, it's going to make it through every single time, obviously. And the line does exist. But because of the length, there are just so many holes and options here where, like, you can just throw hard, shoot it up there, and, like, worst-case scenario, it takes you two shots to get up there. Like, because you're sawing off 200, 250 feet. You're sawing off half the hole. You could throw a putter on a backhand for a right-handed player and be fine mm. off the tee. So, yeah, I think that it is – I don't think it's too soft. Um, I think that what they need to do is they need to add OB, a lot more OB up that left side and bring it into – like bring it into play. What a lot of people don't realize is mm. um, if you think on hole one when you're standing on the box, on that left ridge line – uh, like, cause everyone throws the big force over flex on hole one, um, mm-hmm. that left ridge line, you see a little hole in the woods there, that hole in the woods is the hole on the left side of hole eight's fairway. Oh, no way. Oh, wow. So like if you turn it over too much, you're literally in, or like if you fade too much on the backhand or you turn it over too much on the forehand, you're in hole one's fairway. So I think that they can bring that like ridge line in and give hole one a little more flexibility to create that like, hey, let's go for an eagle right off the bat. That way it's a safer shot even for hole one. And then second, like it makes it so that you can't just throw this super blind blah, tee shot. You actually got to think about it for a second before you want to poke and hope it on the next one. So end it is my final answer. End it. I'm almost convinced that it's not too soft. Read, send it, or end it. Okay. Hear me out. <laughs> I think that I think Robbie's spot on that it needs more OB, but I also think that maybe it is a little bit too soft to par. Um, the three the three holes in question here are the three eagleable holes: hole one, hole eight. And hole 16 are the primary eagle opportunities. There are others, but those are the primary ones. Um, I don't actually know if hole one was eagled on the oh, day it, or on it the It was. Tournament. Ricky in the final um, round. Ricky eagled it on round one. A lot of eagles on gotcha. 16 also. I didn't read that, but that top 10 is very similar yeah. <laughs> to hole eight. Yeah, but so I think, I think there's like a problem. Maybe there's not... Yeah, in its current state, I think that you could say it is true that it's soft to par and it's too soft to par. Is the is the answer to that leaving the hole as is and changing the par? No. So I, I don't really know the answer to the question. I guess I say send it because it is soft to par, too soft to par. But I think the answer, so I'm kind of like sending it and ending it and agreeing <laughs> with all of you at the Definitely same time, not that, that <laughs> is that is that the answer is to change the holes. I'd like to see hole one with OB on the right side and maybe a little bit longer 
so that the eagle is takes an absolute just perfect shot that brings OB in on the right side. Uh, you, I mean, certainly you'd like to see whole eight eagle percentage drop. The eagle percentage on the round three, final round, 20% eagles. That's, that's insane. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that's one per card. And then hole 16, hole 16 has got a 13% eagle rate as well. I think that's a little bit too much. And, I mean, all like hole 8, hole 16, hole 1, and hole 11 all had a sub- six percent bogey rate like the danger is just not there it's not like it's a risk reward play it's just a reward reward i'd be curious what (laughs) so i think they definitely need to move that i'd just be curious to know if those percentages are they higher in the final round than they are in rounds one and two because i'm like i'm thinking to myself on hole eight and hole 16 right like you're going into the last day and you're thinking to yourself, like, there are so few... Just reckless Yeah, like, there's so few <laughs> players that are thinking to themselves, oh, you know what? Like, I think getting the top 20 is going to be really important here today. Like, most of them are just trying to pick up as many strokes as they can, so they're just blasting that disc. Hole 16's defense is that it is the subtle... It looks like very small elevation between all the hills that they have to throw on. But, like, your landing zones to hit the hilltops to actually be able to throw a full, like, shot rather than running straight uphill. The best example I can give to the three of y'all is if you're playing hole 10 at Little Mulberry. Mm -hmm. If you don't make it, like, let's say you throw into the little ditch um, before you make it to the tree line. Like, you just burn one into the ground. You know how on that second shot you're basically running straight uphill and then trying to put it up and over the hill to throw down into the green. Yeah. 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 That it is almost that exact same setup for the Eagle shot. If mm. you don't get enough distance to answer your question, Robbie, it's, it's 13% on hole eight and 16 in round one and about the same in round two, 13%. And then hole 16 stays 13% into round three, and hole eight jumps up from 13% to 20% in round three. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like, yeah, that at least sense. on the final round, I feel like people are throwing way more aggressive tee shots to be like, I, I mean, worst case scenario, I'm going to take a par here. And that's, I think that to, to defend your point, Reed. If you're walking into a hole in the Pro Tour and you're thinking, I can throw a reckless shot, and worst-case scenario, I'm going to take a par, perhaps I should change my answer to send it. That par is too soft. Yeah, I think maybe – I think, yeah, just the problem there is that, yeah, you're getting 20% eagle rate with players being aggressive, and the hole still only has a 6% bogey rate and zero double bogeys. Not even one. All right, Reed's convinced me. I'm sending <laughs> Reed out here with the statistics. Uh, I'd like to thank we have coming up for is helping me get <laughs> yeah, to where thank, I am today. Big shout out to Udisc, Stout Mando. No. Um, <laughs> the next tournament we have coming up is D Glow. Before we get into that, we want to jump over to the Pro Tour standings because some stuff got shuffled up mm. after this weekend, uh, and we have been on the pod keeping an eye on that sort of bottom line there the top uh 30 is it 32 players or why is it it's showing weird. top 31 yeah, players no it's weird top 31 qualify no, for it's, tour championship it's supposed to be 32 that line's wrong for some reason i don't know why it literally every other week says top 32 whatever we're gonna say top 32 because that's makes sense with the bracket garrett girthy uh dropped two spots nico lacastro up two spots paul 
Eulaberry. Less than 10 freaking points off of making it to the Pro Tour Championship. Robert Burridge is the notable person who just got kicked out. Uh, Robert Burridge has been holding that 30-second spot for a while. But also, you got Eric Oakley, 35. Brody Smith, 36. We got some... We have a little bit of drama here coming in uh, for 32nd place, but that's going to bring us also back to the top of the leaderboard because we want to talk player of the year a little bit. There's a little bit of... I don't know how much drama and controversy, but it's pretty a polarizing subject when you look at consistent finishes versus w's um and so i guess the big talk right now is calvin heimberg or gannon burr at for player of the year conversation maybe there's somebody else we can throw in the mix uh but i want to hear you guys thoughts on who the player of the year is and why uh let's start it off with reed mr statistics himself Mm. captain stats over here uh okay (laughs) so to me this was way more of an even battle than what I was seeing in the comment section of Statmando's post. So Statmando makes a post, you know, basically uh, lining up their accolades for the season, and the post must have been 95% comments were saying, Vinny, and it's not close. And I am shocked by that take. I think, I think saying Vinny is not a bad take. I think saying Vinny and it's not close is a shockingly bad take. It is close. No matter whose side you're on, it's very close. Uh, I actually personally think that Gannon is the front runner for player of the year right now simply because he has three wins. I super value wins. I know Calvin has been so consistent, and I think it's 51-49 in Gannon's favor right now in like what who I would give it to right now. And if I'm predicting who's going to get it, I'm probably predicting Calvin because I would say I think Calvin's probably going to get one more before the season's over. But right now, if I had to award it, I'm giving it to Gannon, and I am shocked by how many people aren't. I, I am in the vast minority. Hmm. Interesting. Josiah, thoughts? Um. A lot of the same things are said. I just think it's really hard to argue with how consistent Calvin has been. Like, it's just insane, his percentage of top 10s, and it's insane how consistent you can just say. Like, you can say every week Calvin can win, and he's probably going to be close. Um, whereas, like, Gannon barely made cash last week at Ledgestone, and then he wins this week. Not to say that, you know people can't have bad weeks, but Calvin hasn't had a bad week this year. Um, and so that's facts. like, that's just me saying like, I, I think Calvin as being the most consistent, I think he should be player of the year, but I know that wins do play a big factor. And so I, I think Gannon could like, like at the end, if it, if the season ended here, I could see Gannon easily, winning it by whoever does all the voting, but I think Calvin deserves it way more. Mm. Uh, yeah, Calvin, I'm looking at, he has multiple third-place finishes that don't count <laughs> towards it. Yeah. He has like all five or six third-place finishes <laughs> that don't count. Uh, Robbie, who's the player of the year, man? 
settle yeah. this for us. Yeah, so I think it's Vinny, and it's not even close. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> no, I think um, that is a shockingly I, bad take. <laughs> I've heard that recently. Um, yeah, so I'm using Statmando's tool. Uh, one of my favorite parts of their website is the, the head-to-head head head. Yeah, comparison. that's what I'm on. <laughs> and so looking at it, I mean like Gannon's got more wins great okay that yes I can understand why we want to make that argument of they are like that is huge obviously you got to be able to close and the narrative I as much of a Vinny fan as I am the narrative it's hard to deny can he actually clutch it out in majors because Gannon has proven that like Gannon has a title under him um so I think that that's huge, but I just have a hard time looking at the fact that Calvin all season has missed top fives three times. That's it. Like he is in those, those two that he's missed. He finished sixth, seventh and 16th. And on the sixth and the seventh, Gannon has placed better than him in two of those three. So like okay cool on when Ga- when Calvin had a bad weekend, Gannon traditionally was having a better weekend, but like it's just it's unreal to look at the consistency he's having, and I think it's just as you know we try to talk about like equality in the sport, whatever we want to take it, and maybe this is a terrible take, but like we're looking at Kristen's season and saying, oh my goodness, like it's insane what she's accomplished. She's just winning and winning and winning and winning. And yet like, because Calvin's not necessarily winning, but he's still beating so many players week to week. Like I just, uh, it's, it's hard for me to be like, I, I think that what Calvin is doing and this will probably get me like, hung up by the listeners <laughs> i think what calvin is doing is legitimately more impressive than what Kristen is doing and that Ooh. is Ooh. that is a that is a tough take but i look at the people that seem to pop off and like Kristen each like Kristen has to hope like someone has to play way out of their mind to beat Kristen. But it's usually one person who steps up and has to beat Kristen. Like, that's it. If there's anyone in contention, it's one person. And I feel like Calvin has to put four or five people guaranteed on his back every single week. And he's still pulling out the top fives and top threes. So, uh, he's not winning it. But once again, I... I'm so biased in this conversation that it's hard for me to (laughs) be a true captain statistic. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to say I like that take. I I also I feel like it's just not a blowout, I think to Reed's point. I just don't think it's a blowout like people say it is. Trevor said mm-hmm. something that I fully agreed with on Griplock today where he was like it it like I he didn't say this necessarily. I think Calvin Heimberg is like he's clearly playing better disc golf overall. He's like potentially you could say the better disc golfer. But years from now nobody's going to like go back and look at how many third place finishes he, he has. Mm. So like nobody's going to put five time third place winner <laughs> or yes, five time second place at worlds 
Uh, and not neither of them are, have won worlds. I don't think. I still think Paul McBeth is going to win worlds, but we'll <laughs> talk about that later. Uh, like I think wins. I think wins do matter a lot more, and that's why I do have a heart. Like Calvin Heinberg is two hundred pro tour, basically two hundred pro tour points off second place, and Kristen's only like three hundred points off of Missy Gannon. But she, Kristen hasn't played as many events. So I do think it's way more of a competitive field than the MPO, just with the climate of how many people are in the field and how uh, hard they're competing and stuff like that. So it is way more impressive, I think, at the end of the day. Kristen Tatar is just, like, leagues ahead of everyone, like you said, and Calvin Heinberg is competing against people who are, you know, just insane out of their minds. So it's hard to say. Like, player of the year conversation, I think Calvin is, like, the better disc golfer. But Gannon Burr, people are going to remember a wins. Next year when the tournament rolls around, it's going to say open at Austin, previous winner, Gannon Burr. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's not going to – nobody's nobody is going to remember second or third place. Yeah. But if you're looking at just player of the year, I think you give it to Calvin because he's played the best disc golf this year. But even that's debatable. I don't know. This is a really tough one. I, All right. I'm having a harder time. Luke is having a hard time way. on the main stage <laughs> right am. now. One, <laughs> one, other, one other thing I'll add to this is, um, according to statistics, um, Calvin's average finish this year is 3.6. Which that's insane. is insane. <laughs> I mean – that's what you consider on par with Luke's prediction for this week. Insane. <laughs> yeah. You know, like it just yeah. doesn't seem beatable. Also insane. <laughs> like in like it doesn't seem like you could do it in future years even. With what the like how deep disc golf is right now, it can only get better. And I just don't like see that happening ever again. Like I don't. And huh. Cal, uh, I think Gannon's average place is like 10.8, so like almost 11. Um, which you can expect which from some, but like, good. that's, that's the thing is like, you can expect somebody to be averaging 10th, 11th place and still be considered one, if not the best player of that year. But at the same time, yeah. Calvin's like average is just so much higher than that. Here's where averages trip me up though, because you can't like, let's say Calvin, finishes third place in every event till the end of the season mm -hmm. but gannon burr wins worlds mm. then it's like and comes in last place in all the other events but he won worlds and he won three elite series it's like you're saying gannon's at that point gannon's definitely player of the year but calvin finished third place in every other event no, and true. so i don't know that's true <laughs> i don't so, know man so here's my question <laughs> Calvin wins Worlds, and Gannon wins mm. USDGC. Ooh. Mm. <laughs> Who, who's your player of the year? Well, if Calvin— That's if, where I hate it. <laughs> see, see, here's the thing. The day that Calvin wins a major, he's player of the year. doesn't matter what major. It could be the other way around, and I would say Calvin's the player of the year. Yeah, I just to me, you're excited that he won a major. No, just I, because like one, he's that good, and two, if you're counting majors, they're both a major. But Calvin's consistency with that major versus mm. like with that extra win and it being a major, which he is known for never having been able to win, I think would give him an edge. Mm. In my I opinion, think anyway. that if I think 
like I like Josiah said, I think Worlds and USDGC are kind of similar in notoriety in the sport. So I think they're interchangeable. And with Gannon having one more win and Calvin's consistency, like I said, and like Luke mentioned, I think the fundamental difference between me and most of the internet, it appears, is like what the value of a win is versus what the value of a lot of third places is. Mm. And I'm not trying to undermine what Calvin's doing. I genuinely think it's incredible. I just genuinely also think that it's not memorable long term and the win is and so when i look at whose season is better unfortunately yeah, i'm counting uh, unfortunately i'm counting down, wins like that just that's what i'm doing and yeah and the that comes down to like an mvp kind of debate like are we talking about who was the best basketball player or are we talking <laughs> about like who accomplished the most because i think like calvin heinberg is probably the best disc golfer but let's like like the paul mcbeth mentality is what kind of hurts me here also because he does not give a crap and he says this all the time he's like i do not give a crap what place i finish like i'm trying to win a tournament if i'm out of it or if i have a chance to win just by getting an ace on the next five holes and i'm going to try and get an ace on the next five holes he's at a point in his career where he can do that not everybody can afford to do that they're trying to cash they're trying to get pro tour points and stuff like that but like paul mcbeth could tank every single elite series but then when uscgc and win worlds and win like one elite series and you're like so paul mcbeth finished in like 50th place multiple times but is he the player of the year because <laughs> he won worlds you know so yeah i don't know it's hard it's like paul mcbeth everybody's gonna remember you for getting the green jacket like i can't yeah. tell you any of any golfer who f- was like the most consistent golfer of a year but i can tell you you know who won masters and who won the big big events no that's true and to just put add to your point there paul mcbeth's average finish this year is 12th and gannon's is 11 but i like i that's insane but i don't i don't think that i <laughs> but think paul mcbeth hasn't played much well i mean he up until recently he's played a lot but he did also play a lot in europe and so it seems like he hasn't europe, yeah, yeah. um but also like i would say gannon is by far a favorite over paul but if you're looking at average place they're actually pretty close yeah, I'm not so, trying to make a case for Paul McBeth. Oh, no, no, no. I'm just saying, I'm no, like, he I'm has saying that mentality add, of, like, I don't But I'm just saying, winning. to add to your point, like, <laughs> Paul McBeth, by consistency, is having almost the same year as Gannon, <laughs> is what I'm saying. Yeah, but I'm just saying true. he hasn't, but, like, hasn't had the like wins. he doesn't have the win. So I think, like, it does add value to, yeah. to It's most kind of a memories. nuanced debate because what does player of the year mean? Like, are we saying like, who's the best disc golfer? Are we saying like, who's accomplished most, whatever. So we're going to say, what are we saying? Robbie is saying Calvin. Josiah, who are you saying? I'm saying Calvin too. Josiah is saying Calvin. I'm saying Gannon Heimberg. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm saying, nice. <laughs> I think I'm going to say Gannon. And I guess Reed is saying Gannon. I'm going Gannon. But again, and I think we've all agreed on this, that yeah. it's, it's 51 49 either way. And, and it's just like, the internet's crazy, man. Yeah. I, <laughs> what? The stat, the stat that I think is like honestly a little bonkers to me when I look at like how good of a season in terms, like how consistent of a season Calvin's had is looking at strokes they've thrown throughout the yes, year. Yes, that's at funny. all the events. That's is insane. Insane. So I'm looking at Calvin. That, yeah. yeah, Calvin beat or uh, Gannon beat Calvin by two strokes this weekend. 
uh, and you're like, okay, cool. If you go over the season, Calvin has thrown 76 less strokes than Gannon over the entire course of the season. Like, 76 strokes is almost half of a tournament. Like, that he just has – that Gannon's played more golf. It's (laughs) taken him that much more time to close out events than it's taken Calvin. Like, that's – that is insane to me that he is playing that much cleaner golf week to week. To me, I agree. Like, it just – it makes what Gannon's done so impressive that he's either on or he's – uh, so I can't remember who, maybe y'all are the ones that have said this. Like, I feel like if Gannon has a strong round one, he's a threat to come out and win the tournament almost guaranteed. But if Gannon doesn't have a strong round one, like he's just out of it. Whereas I feel like Calvin, you can't yeah. really count. Even if he has an okay round one, if he's in like 40th place, he still has the chance to shoot like a 15 down the next day to come back and storm his way to the lead. Definitely. Yeah, I agree. And I like I said, if player of the year is more so an MVP or like current best player, I think Calvin is the best player. But if we were to say like who has accomplished the most this season, I I think wins are just, I totally. think wins just trump. But yeah. that's, yeah, I don't know. If, you guys let you us ask, know what you think. <laughs> yeah, if you ask who is the player of the year, uh, FPO and MPO for 2019. 2019 i started watching professional for 2019 you can't ask me paul, that. No, paul won a lot in 2019 i know he won worlds and he won and a page? lot it was his it should be paul and page but yeah. like that's that's where it's like <laughs> you're yeah. but you're where, how do we get there we're going there on wins so i think that definitely yep. leans into what reads are yeah. doing in terms of like yeah that's where you go yeah. in your mind who won worlds that year who won the pro tour championship it's wild. Nice, yeah. Well, next, and we're going to kind of close out with some prediction game. Uh, we're looking at D-Glow, Discraft, Great Lakes Open. Uh, I've heard through all of these freaking advertisements, I get that Bert, Bert Kreischer, Kreischer? Is that how you say his name? Yeah. <laughs> He's going to be there. Uh, so we're going to go around, do some predictions, uh, maybe talk some storylines, notably the highest rated player in the world is going to be in the U S <laughs> for like hey the first yo. time, I guess. I don't know how to pronounce his name. So I might Manabu not try. M- Manu- <laughs> that was really good. Manabu Kajiyama. Robbie's been watching some anime. He basically speaks. Yeah. I'm Japanese. Uh, Japanese I speak now. Japanese. Yeah. <laughs> uh, nice. But we're going to go around. Uh, I guess we can snake draft at this point we have four people so snake draft is probably the best option wait did we talk about how this event is a playoff event we're already in the playoffs oh no we didn't yeah we're in the playoffs talking about the playoffs for the first time yeah this is the playoffs yeah we did the playoffs last year but i think we're limited down to 80 players in this in this field 96 the top Oh, never mind. 96. That is a generous line, in my opinion, (laughs) but okay. (laughs) Um, Also, really quickly before we jump into uh, predictions here, the reason that uh, the standings show 31 and not 32 is because Parker Welk qualified because he won an event, and he is not top 32. So there's only 31 spots available after him because he is in 54th. Yep, he gets an auto-qual. For winning Does an event. all winners for get auto qual? all winners all winners, all winners yeah. auto qual? Yep. 
I did not know that. Yep. And so. Gannon actually gets three of the spots to himself. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> because That's he's crazy. Calvin only gets Calvin three. does it not does say that at the top. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. That's, I don't know why I didn't know that. Yeah, he's in 54th. I'm sure that's one of the first times that that's happened, maybe. Like, I don't know. but That's crazy. Half that of his points came from his win. That's crazy. That's so funny. Yeah. Okay, but we can move on could, to picks. So, I mean, you yeah. could show up and play one event and win it and make it to the Pro Tour Championship. Yep. Yeah, our highest yeah. rated player in the world might have that chance this I weekend. I think that's <laughs> kind of ridiculous. Am I crazy? Is that not ridiculous? <laughs> it's kind of ridiculous, I, yeah, but it's so hard to win. If, if the Pro Tour Championships started being counted as a major, I don't think it's ridiculous. Yeah, I'd agree. But with that. like, I think that because the Pro Tour Championships are kind of their own little like party amongst themselves, I do think it's ridiculous. Because like, if you win a ma- if you win an Elite Series event the previous year, I think you should get an auto qualify to all majors for the next year. Because congratulations, that makes like, sense. You went out and did it. Now go get a chance to get that title. But like, yeah, to say, oh. You, yeah, like the you have you have. I mean, you already pointed this out. Like looking at Garrett Gerthy, been there every week. Paul Ulibarri, been there every week. Burridge, Oakley, Brody Smith, like Chandler Kramer, Marweed, all these guys fighting it out. And you know what? Like bummer, they went and played all those Silver Series. Parker Welk did not play all the Silver Series, but he he won. DDO, which is big, and that's important. But, like, once he won DDO, he basically knew, I don't really have to go to anything else. Yeah. Yeah, I think like, that's kind of silly. Yeah, and, and he also, <laughs> by winning DDO, does he not qual for USDGC? So, like, we already have one event where he's getting the qual for winning. I mean, I know more people get it than just the winner. But, like, it's a little weird to have the win qualify you for, I don't know, just, like, that event and the other majors and everything like i don't know i agree it's strange probably shouldn't happen yeah yeah wild yeah i don't know i think that's weird um predictions oh another random thing that i wanted to bring up but we're gonna get into the predictions have you guys ever seen the movie the greatest game ever played (laughs) a shia labeouf of course (laughs) <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you've seen it, Robbie, right? Of course. I have not seen it. I haven't Whoa. either. Oh, man. Dude, you've got to go wow. watch this film. It's such a good movie. It's an old... Is it Disney? It's Disney. I, I don't it's know on if Disney it's Disney+. Plus. Go watch it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's on Disney+. Plus. That's where I watched it. It's an old Disney movie. Shia LaBeouf is like an 18-year-old. Uh, and it's such a good movie. It's about golf, and it's about... It's based on a true story. Uh, I'm going to spoil it, I guess, because it's history. It happened. Um, wow. But <laughs> this, wow. like, amateur... Sorry. It's like live sports. You Can't know, spoil no, live sports. Uh, <laughs> this amateur disc golfer in the U.S. ended up winning the U.S. Open against all the pros, stuff like that. Um, but anyways, it reminded me that the U.S. Open, for a long time, I found out until, like, I think the past couple of years, the play- do you guys know what the playoff format? Reed knows <laughs> Do you guys know what the playoff format is for the U.S. Open in actual like ball golf? No. You have to hit a shot off of someone's foot. <laughs> yes. No. You literally, you, the players who are tied 
come back the next day and play a full round. They play a full 18. And I was like, can we please listen? Like, I think the players literally hate it more than anything in the world. But the spectators freaking love it because it's the most hype thing ever. So I was just like, can we please do that with Worlds to make it something special? Like, could you imagine if the year – well, I mean, there's been a top, there's been a playoff the past two years, and it playoffs happen all the time. Could you imagine like James Conrad and Paul McBeth having to come back the next day and play 18 holes? I think there's no way that James wins it. No, there's no way. No way, there's right? No way. There's oh, no. We would have seven not. claw discs. He'd, he would probably <laughs> concede after like four holes. It'd be over. But like that's that would be so electric. <laughs> okay, that's a little harsh. I don't know. About I mean, that. that's just what would happen. That's just what would happen. <laughs> wow. <laughs> hey, to quote to quote one of my friends, I think that is a really bad. <laughs> I think I think your friend said shockingly bad, but anyway. shockingly bad. Yeah. I would agree with that. Troubling I would do ascend it or end it, but I know we would <laughs> all send it. That world should have a full eighteen hole playoff at the end. Can take that to the bank. I'm saying everyone will love you for it. Disc golf pro tour. Just take it. Sorry. <laughs> I just thought of that. I wanted to talk about it last week and I forgot. That's awesome. I think that's the coolest thing ever. They just stopped doing it because they were like, at the scale, it's just not practical. The players hate it. And I was like, dude, that would be the most amazing thing ever. Yeah. But we're, we're prediction game. So that makes sense. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Let's yeah, do prediction game. Prediction so it game. Matter. Prediction game. <laughs> um, so here's how we're do it. we'll do it. I'm going to think of a number between 1 and 10, and um, you guys will let me know, and we'll see who goes first. So I'm thinking of a number between 1 and 10. Reed, what number do you think? 8. All right. Uh, Robbie. 2. Josiah. 7. Okay, so we'll go in the order from farthest away from the number. The number was eight. Let's so we'll go Reed, Josiah, Robbie, you. and then myself. That's what you get I'll for using last, my own strategy against I'm clearly way you, too good at this game. We're giving, we're giving <laughs> Reed every opportunity to try and pull it off. I know. Every but opportunity. But there's no Kristen. There's I don't think no there's Kristen any Kristen Tatar. Tatar this week, so there's no auto pick. <laughs> we pretty much always, whoever has first just goes, Kristen Tatar. <laughs> <laughs> so you can pick for... Whatever order you want, MPO winner, FPO winner, dog, underdog, whatever, um, and we will snake draft. So Reed gets first, and Josiah, Robbie, and myself. I do get to go first, don't I? <laughs> hmm. <laughs> and that kind of hurts, because I really wanted to go, like, middle of the road so that you guys could make some like choices and then i could go based on those choices you know what i'm saying like just sort of around you a little bit but i Ooh, wow you guys go down the line i'm gonna try and find a disc prize for us really quick <laughs> <laughs> okay all right i'm going to take this seems silly but it's not silly i'm going to take with my MPO winner, Calvin Heimberg. Mm. Rip. Last year's I, winner. I don't know. This See, year's and, player of the year. <laughs> so, Robbie, it really just comes down to whose MPO dog places the best, um, generally. 
Um, uh, okay. But okay. there's usually one person who ends up not playing, and so we end up usually just taking the top three players, and it's usually the MPO dog that's the fourth place. Uh, I am going to take Owen Scoggins. Owen to win. FPO, FPO to winner. All right. Mm. All right. I like that pick. All right, Robbie. Hmm. I think that I am going to take Anthony Barella. Ooh, good choice. To win. A, B to win. Yes. Okay, I like that. Oh, yeah. A, B to win. That is aggressive, and I love it. Yeah. I don't think any of us have ever picked him, actually. <laughs> Who haven't we so. picked? Sorry, Robbie picked A, B to win. Yeah. Wow. Respect. <laughs> bold some might say some might say <laughs> so it's my pick who has been picked so far i went uh heimberg uh, calvin Josie went own and then yeah anthony barella so calvin owns coggins anthony barella have been picked anthony barella mad respect <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, I'm going to shock the world here. Uh, <laughs> that is us. a shockingly bad take. Shockingly bad. No, oh, no I think it's a good take. Um, I'm going to pick a winner, and I'm going to go ahead and say Isaac Robinson. Love Let me it. just get that out of the way. Uh, and then, ooh, also dog. It's going to be harder to pick dog. Are we snaking or are we going back to me? We're snake. We're snaking. We're snaking. We're snaking. So you guys gave me the number one pick. This is just sabotage. Sabotage. <laughs> 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 we've not snaked you for like three it, weeks. Bro. It's fine. It's fine. I got this. Ooh, ooh. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. I'm looking at who is signed up. Robbie, I should warn oh, you. We yeah. always have an issue of somebody <laughs> dropping out despite being signed up for the freaking event. Uh, it happens all the time. This past week, Greg Barsby dropped out for some reason despite uh being signed up for it uh dang my boy nate sexton is not playing i forgot he like doesn't play disc golf anymore he played Um, last week (laughs) he did play last (laughs) week which i think that was the first or second time he had ever played it actually oh really yeah because i watched he mentioned that on skins that like during the skins match he said it was his second time ever playing the course so i think this was his first year playing idlewild interesting yeah something about like the timing of coming back from europe usually it just coincided to a point that he didn't think it was worth it to try and squish it in dang there's a lot of people not playing is the issue that i am currently running i mean it's the playoffs what do you expect people to all yeah it's the playoffs Playoffs. well i guess 96 um goodness gracious it's okay. I'll edit this all out in post. Sorry, you, I'm having you a can't, hard time. Yeah, you, you can can't just edit pick this all Nico LaCastro again. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's Nico LaCastro jumped, jumped quite a few spots there. All right, we're going Brody Smith. <laughs> you that's a, that's a good suck. Pick. Pick. <laughs> that's a good pick. <laughs> Brody Smith is my underdog MPO. Damn, he placed in nine home, Brody. last year. <laughs> uh, I'm going with. I'm going with the Fortnite dubs herself, uh, Haley King, for my FPL. Nice. Nice. Very nice. Josie. Uh, Hang on. 
I oh, literally he was going to take Brody. I, I did not think. <laughs> I literally was going to pick Brody next because I was like, ah, just in case, you know. I don't, don't know. Uh, I'm going to do Chris Clemens again. He worked out really nice. well for me last time. That's, that's a good pick, too. Yeah. Christopher Clemens. Is Christopher Clemens always on a uh, feature card at Idlewild? <laughs> It's like they're like Idlewild rolls around. Well, they're like, "Oh, we love this guy." <laughs> well, DD sponsors it, and yeah. who else are they going to put on? I don't know, Ricky. Overrated. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's actually facts. That is anything? not. A how many? How many elite series has Ricky won this season? <laughs> Dude, true. Not that three. guy is not the player of the year. Let's just say that. No. <laughs> who, who's having a better year, Ricky or Paul? Paul. That's actually a very hard question. <laughs> That's a great great answer. Great answer. Uh, I'm a shockingly bad take. <laughs> shockingly bad take. I'm going to take... Wait. Wait. That feels Legendary. Like I'm going to <laughs> wait for it because I hope you're not like those a dollar. I'm going to take Valerie Mandahano to win FPO. Ooh, back to back? Back to back. And she's not underdog anymore. No, she's not. She is to win. <laughs> and I am going to take I'm going back to back with my FPO dog. And I'm going to take Macy Vela Diaz once again. She did not play mm-hmm. bad last time. I think she took twelfth last week. I can't remember, but she was in the mix actually for a while, like sixth, fifth for a while early on. Um and she placed well here last year. So we're going uh Macy Valadius. So to me, right? This is harder than I thought. I really there's some people I want to pick. Is oh wait, is she playing? Hang on. I just want to make sure somebody's playing. You're good. While you're thinking, I'm gonna inform yeah. everybody of our prize. Let's it's a special it. week Sounds because good. we have Robbie C here with us. Um, so what I'm looking at in front of me, I'll describe it to you, is a disc golf disc that is <laughs> uh, white. It weighs 176 grams. It's got the letters mm. F3 on it, uh, and it is a Champions Cup. 2023 major champion Isaac Robinson stamped F3 that has a ti- like a Mistwalker Tiger stamp on it and it looks mm. absolutely sick and it feels incredible and there's no flashing on it. <laughs> wow. That sounds like something I need out here. It's actually are you Luke it feels blink twice incredible. if you are under duress right now. Blink twice if they're if you're <laughs> at gunpoint right now. <laughs> There's no flashing, I swear. <laughs> I no, there oh, actually isn't because I think they they sent this one to us, so they they probably took it off. Josiah, <laughs> I don't know what you're hesitating on right now. This pick is an absolute no-brainer for you. What do you mean? It's it is, but it isn't. I'm picking Juliana Corver as my FPO dog of the week. All right, right on. But are you thinking my that MPO was... winner is a no-brainer? Did you already take your MPO dog? Yeah. Who was it? I took Chris Clements. Oh, you took Chris Clements. Okay. Yeah. You remember that's you actually said a good Chris... pick, I think. Yeah, that's Remember good we pick. had a whole conversation, Christopher Clements, <laughs> Ottawa. Well, Chris Clements is going to win the event, so I thought it was his F- No, he's my, he's my dog. 
I hear you. I hear you. Okay. Y'all have lobby. already picked your winner. I can take as long as I want. We also have a uh, <laughs> on the winner. A Clemenade culprit that I could put up for grabs instead of the Isaac Robinson F3. <laughs> no, I want the F3. But this F3 is actually incredible. We have. I have. The reason is I have another one, that is. It's like the tree stamped one, and it's also sick. And I'm not giving that one up. But this one is. I'll give. I'll give up. <laughs> it's still sick though. I'll try it. Maybe I can send a picture of it to you guys. It's wild. Uh, I am going Maria Oliva as my dog. Nice. For oh, nice. Good pick. That's a good pick. All right, Lucas. All right, Luke. Last two. FPO, FPO. FPO, FPO. I might have uh, forgotten who has been picked so far. Uh, uh just mentioned Valerie Mandahano owns Goggins. Macy Villadiez, Haley King. Macy Villadiez, Haley King, Juliana Corver. Okay, there's some options. There's some options out there. Going Missy Gannon for a winner. Of course, of course. That course. just checks out. Course, Makes sense. Uh, for Dog of the Week, I have to look at the list because it kind of got shuffled up a little bit there. Um. I part of me really wants to take Sayananda because she's kind of a sleeper, Sayananda. but she also plays really, really bad sometimes. <laughs> like last week. Hey, uh, Luke, I know you. She played really, really bad. Luke, I know you love taking the advice of your opponents, um, but em- yeah, Emily Beach I did that once. Emily Beach came in second last year. Last year mm-hmm. at this tournament, bro. I do not care what she did last year. <laughs> I barely would. She's trust also what she she's did also last not week. playing this tournament. But <laughs> <laughs> wait, nice. is she not really? <laughs> no, she's not in the list. It's the playoffs. Is out? Yeah. I know there's it's, somebody it's the who's in the. Sayananda's in. Down. Sayananda is seventeen, but I just Bro, don't just, know if I just do it. Just I know she's got it in her. You can All pick right, Alexis we're gonna go again. Sayananda as the dog oh, of the week. Okay. And that okay. could really hurt me. Or she could literally win the event. So that's, that's the that's the FPO division without Kristen Tatar, though. You <laughs> just si- don't size, know. Size the Kristen Slayer. And Kristen's That's not true. Here. Oh yeah. Wait. <laughs> she is. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Uh All right, Rob. Did you guys see that Lucky finished really well? Yes, I did see that. Last week. Mm-hmm. Doesn't that suck? <laughs> yeah, you picked it. You picked it the wrong time. I did. No. Uh, so rounding out my MPO dog of the week is Sullivan Tipton. Ooh, good choice. Whoa! Out of wow. nowhere. Is there some insider information there? <laughs> uh, Sully is from our town. Uh, like he's oh, local wow. to us, uh, and I have seen him play lots of disc golf uh and i know that this course is very forehand heavy and sully has an incredible forehand so nice i like that um reed were you telling me that my obvious choice should have been ganon is that what you were saying or did you think i had a dog of the week i thought you still Still. had a dog of the week i can't Uh, believe you guys left me my dog of the week it's unbelievable but okay all right, who is it? I'm going with Gannon Burr to win. Yeah, that's well, that's a good that's pick. A good that's pick. obviously you a good. You um, would. I cannot believe that <laughs> not a player of the year pick, but <laughs> no, no, of course not. Good pick. 
I cannot <laughs> believe that the number 36 MPO player right now finished Trash. T7th last year is still on the board. Andrew Marweed is my dog of the week. Andrew doesn't have the distance to compete. Ooh. <laughs> he finished Ooh. T7 last year. <laughs> Only six strokes off the lead, tied with Mr. Okay, Paul I really thought that Macbeth. I missed something super obvious there. Yeah, me too. I do not think Andrew Marweed was just a super obvious choice. He, I no, guess the fact I, that he's literally number yeah, 36. Yeah, he's 36. That's why it's obvious. He's 36, yeah. and he tied for seventh last yeah, year, but, which is... But do you see who's number 37? Yes. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> he finished Chris significantly. Clemens, didn't he do well last year? He, Chris Clemens finished like T15. Yeah, yeah. But that just not works bad. in my okay, favor yeah, because not... Robbie just told me this is a very forehand friendly course, so it's better to have a lefty. Ah, uh, so. But yes. Andrew Marweed's a forehand yes, dominant yes. player. Yeah, but Chris Clemens uh. is a lefty. <laughs> Don't worry. We'll see. Reed. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. We we gave you first pick and the supposed best pick for MPO dog. And hold we'll on, hold happens. on. First pick in a snake draft is far from an advantage. I don't know what you guys are trying to. This is some copium right now. When <laughs> when I I'll trade you. I'll trade you. I'll trade you AB for uh, Calvin right now. I'm, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> it, <laughs> Robbie, it is not That's my good fault trade. you took AB when we had Ricky Gannon. Everybody was on the board at that point except for Calvin. So <laughs> I'm not. Sure. Trust me. Trust me. This is going to be one of those classic weeks. AB is going to be yeah. in it, and then he's going to miss the island three times on 16. Oh dang! <laughs> I feel like Robbie. We should uh, make a little Chick Fil A bet trade was right to here. Try and like, yeah. If that trade were to try and go through on a fantasy like football league, somebody would deny it because they'd think somebody was cheating. Oh, yeah, that's, that's collusion. Fun. Yeah. Man, it's gonna nice. be crazy well, when AB wins this thing this week. It's gonna be crazy when, yeah, no, it actually that would be insane. <laughs> that would be crazy. Uh, we're I gonna end it there, that. I think. Yeah, <laughs> I do too, because then he could win this beautiful Isaac Robinson disc that I sent you guys a picture of. <laughs> um, it's a pretty one. It's a good one. It's I pretty sick. It. It's a, it's one you'd hang on the wall or throw, I guess. Uh, that's gonna end it for this week. Thank you so much to Robbie for being on the show. Uh, if he's not on next week, we'll we'll update. We will surely not lie to him about who won. Surely. <laughs> um, if AB, honestly, if AB wins the event, I don't care what any of his other players finish in, we should just give it to him. <laughs> Especially if Reed was going to win instead. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm on board. Oh, my God. <laughs> awesome. Uh, thank you all so much for not really being here with us, I guess, listening to us. Um, we'll see you next time. So that's it. <laughs> Stay swanky. Stay swanky. <laughs> Stay swanky. <laughs> Stay swanky. <laughs>